So coming into Josh Jen, there's a couple of um, uh, like one-liners. We like our one-liners. Um, and one of the one-liners that I want to talk, actually talk about this morning is this, uh, it's like a tagline of what we call ourselves, uh, Joshua Generation Church, dying to live. Amen. Um, and so it's, everybody knows it's dying to live on our t-shirts, on our website. It's, it's like, it's like everywhere. And it's one of these things that's an iconic line for us as Josh Jane. Um, and this morning, I want to kick off almost like a two-part um, series or two-part <laughs> a two-part message for us for this Sunday and next Sunday. That's in a sense going to kick us into the this is church thing and really set us up because I believe uh, there's a couple of things that the Lord is wanting us to see and wanting us to posture ourselves so that we can make sure. That we, as we come into this, that it's good soil that the words come and fall into our hearts. Amen? And so with good soil, good soil always is the soil that's being worked. Amen? And the soil that's just standing there, it can be good, not good, but oftentimes soil that just stands, oftentimes hardens. And it starts getting dry and cracked. And I'm not a green finger person at all. I'm the opposite, black fingers. Like plastic plants die in my hands. But... Like, I believe that as you work ground, you open up for air and for moisture to come into the ground. And it's oftentimes the ground that becomes most fruitful. Amen. And so that's why we're doing this. And so I'm going to just call it, this is church part one um, <laughs> for, my, for my title, if you wanted to have a title. Um, but when we hear this, this line of dying to live... The thing that we connected with is oftentimes not a very positive thing. It's oftentimes this thing of sacrifice. Now, when I speak about sacrifice, I know in people's heart and in their minds, even in my own heart and mind, I'm hearing I'm paying a price for something. Amen? Is that just me? You as well? Okay. And I really believe that this morning for us is I want to shift a little bit of our perspective of sacrifice. So let me dig into this. The word sacrifice, we, we, we see it in the Old Testament where um, people were giving sacrifices. And I just quickly hear this. The word sacrifice stands for the ritual through which Hebrew people offered the blood or flesh of an animal or grain to God as payment for their sins. Okay? We all understand it. It's like you sacrifice something so that I can pay or make amends or make sure that I'm in right standing with God. And we see that picture throughout the whole of the Old Testament. Like the priest would prepare himself for, I think, a couple of weeks or a month where he would set himself aside and there would be people that handle the sacrifice and this thing and that thing. And then there comes a moment where the priest takes all the things that have been prepared and he goes into the temple and he goes and pay the price for all the people of God for their sins. And this is not just for the Hebrews or 
like the people of God, but you see it all over movies and all over um, stories and documentaries where you see where people would come to a temple and they would either light a candle or sacrifice something to make amends and pay for the sins of what they have done or what their forefathers have done or trying to make right something where they have wronged. And make themselves stand in a place of being right with their God. Now, a question to us. Or maybe first a statement. (laughs) I think very much for us even sitting here this morning, we're constantly finding ourselves in a place where we're coming to God and trying to appease and make sure that God is happy with us. We're trying to go like, okay, Lord, like this salvation, it's so amazing. But it can't just be that easy as me coming and repenting. No, 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 I've got to read my Bible and make sure that I've prayed and make sure that, you know, I've given my tenth and make sure that I've given my offering. And it's to make sure that if I see someone struggling, that I come and help them. And we often try these things that we do to kind of make sure and prove to ourselves and prove to God that actually God, the thing that's inside of me is my heart is good. And I really, really love you. And we do these things to kind of go like, man, I know I treated that person there. We kind of, the church people wasn't there and I was driving in my car and there's this taxi and I just flipped the guy off and like shouted in my car at him. And then you later on come and you realize, oh, I'm such a bad Christian. And then I'm like coming to church and the worship starts and you go like, oh, yeah. all I can see is that taxi and the driver, and I remember what I said, and like, and you go, okay, Lord, um, maybe if I jump high, or if I shout loud, or if I come down on my knees, and just like, God, just help me, please, just, like, I'm so sorry, like, that God will see that actually my heart is good. Brett told us this morning what our hearts are like. Fraught Thanksgiving. (laughs) And we do these things to kind of like appease ourselves and be like that priest that comes and pays for the sins. So question. Your life and where you are right now, how much of that are you doing and living because you're trying to prove to God that you are good and trying to prove to God that actually you are acceptable to Him. That's a rhetorical question. Rhetorical question. <laughs> I want you to just think about that one for a little bit. So I'm going to read us a scripture while you think. Hebrews 10, verse 1 to 7. And this morning, I want to read a couple of scriptures. So we're going to be a little bit more into the Word of God. We're always into the Word of God, but like a little bit more physically into the Word of God. So Hebrews 10, verse 1 to 7 says this. 
the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide the perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. So just stop there quickly. It says, um, the things to come, not the things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again. Like when I read that, I looked at my own life and I realized like, I'm so much caught up in the old system. Because it's like we come again and again to God. Okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me quickly do this. Okay, God, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me quickly do this. And then statements like dying to live, we look at those opportunities and we look, ah, oh, here's some opportunity where I can show God that I'm actually good. Ah, oh, I'm dying to live. Yes, yes, I'm killing my flesh. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm doing this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying to God again and again and year after year. I'm paying to Him trying to make sure that at the end of it, I can find that moment where I can pull up the chair and just go like, ah, okay, I'm now saved. I'm going to heaven. God is happy with me. But they are never able to provide the perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. It's amazing. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, the sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. How much are you reminded of your sins? Not by people, but by yourself. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, and this is Jesus speaking, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. Beautiful picture. And such a stark reminder for us. And actually something that reveals, something of a mirror that reveals our hearts in how we serve God. And so this morning, as we're sitting here and talking, I believe that there's something else that I want us to see in terms of dying to live. Because I believe that that is really God's heart for us, is that we would realize in order to live in eternity, we need to die here to ourselves and to the things of this world. But the reason for us dying to ourselves and putting off the things of the flesh is not because of anything other than our perspective of who Jesus is, how beautiful he is, how worthy he is, 
and how amazing we're gonna uh, how amazing it's gonna be to be with him one day. And because of that, it's a place of where it's not a sacrifice, but it's actually a, a place of where we got where we say, Lord, anything and everything that holds me back from taking hold of you, I wanna disregard those things. I want to take those things off. Because see, those are the things that end up causing us to not live. And so we're actually saying, like, God, we want to die to these things. And I'm, I'm going to show you now why I'm taking my jacket off I'm in my head. But it's like we want to die to these things so that we can hold on to the life that is you. Read us a scripture, Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to these disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so just even in that, you see the picture of the sacrifices coming through. It's like we're trying to pay something, pay homage, pay sacrifices, pay that price so that I can save, so that I can be okay, so that I can make sure I'm getting to heaven, so that I can make sure I'm that Christian that's acceptable by God or accepted to Him and accepted into His presence. And it's like Jesus is actually saying like, hey, if you're going to try and win your life, you're going to end up losing it. It's like that day after day, year after year, those things that you're going to be doing is probably going to end up not yielding anything. But there's a price that has been paid. And Jesus was that price. Jesus was that price, that sacrifice that was given once and for all. When he did it, it is done. There's no longer another price to pay. It's not Jesus and this. No, it's Jesus. Jesus paid the price. He was the sacrifice that was given. That scripture said, God wasn't pleased with the burnt offering and the sin offerings and the blood offerings. No, no, no. He wanted not a bull or a goat, but he wanted the body. And Jesus gave him the perfect body. And Jesus gave himself to what the Father wanted. And the moment that Jesus paid that price... It was paid once and for all. So that for me and you, that there's no longer this thing of having to kind of like hit ourselves and sacrifice and draw blood so that we can come and bring that sacrifice. No, 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 no. It's Jesus brought it. Amen? So... I want to get a couple of guys. Come, Wesley. Rob. Rob greeted me this morning. So if you remember that joke, you'll remember. So now I know he's here. Okay. Come stand up up here with me. Upstairs. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, stand here behind me. So this morning, I want to give us a little bit of a picture of dying to self. And I believe what it needs to look like. See, Jesus has come and he paid that price for us. And we're going to go 
into it a little bit lighter. And when you look at the book of Hebrews, and we're going to read in quite a bit in the book of Hebrews, you actually see this picture. You see this picture of that Jesus is the ultimate price. It's like the book of Hebrews lifts Jesus up to the absolute supremacy of all things, over all things, in all things. He is number one, okay? And um, the thing about that is, is that as the author speaks in Hebrews, like if Jesus is everything and supreme in all things, it means that the sacrifice that he's given, again, reinforcing that thing, is the sacrifice that is satisfied the wrath of God towards us. But it's only those found in Jesus that's the ones that will be receiving that, on the receiving end of that. Amen. So, for us, and just stand here. I'm going to show you. I'm going to put down the mic just now, but I believe dying to self looks like this. And it's actually taking off these things that keep us safe, that we think keeps us safe. It's taking off these things that we think gives us identity. And it's saying like, no, Lord, no. I want to let go of these things. Because these things hold me back from you. And I want to show us in this that it's, it's really like, I remember when I was wrestling, Younger, it's like you would have. <laughs> no, it won't be going well for you. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you would often have this. Oh, not often, but your 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 suit would be this like tight, like lycra suit. Okay, please don't think in pictures now. Just listen. Okay. <laughs> but this tight suit, and the reason for that is, is as you're wrestling, 
and you're like holding a guy and like, and a guy's holding you and you want to kind of get out of that thing, you want to be as uninhibited as possible. You don't want like a jacket or something thing. No, you want to be like, I want to be able to. And so even in our walk, we need to be like this. We need to realize like these things, and I'm pointing to my clothes, guys, but understand I'm not, it's not just our clothes. It's the way we think. It's the way we look at ourselves. It's the way that we, we feel like what is it needs to come to us. It's the things that we feel we're owed. It's like these things are oftentimes the things that keep us back from walking in the things of God. Like if, if I've got to say here, just even this morning, as Kevin said, hey, let's hear from God what God wants to say. Probably one of the main things in most of our hearts it's not that God doesn't speak, because he speaks to everyone. And his heart is to speak to all of us. Amen? But the thing that's holding us back is fear. Am I, hear, am I really hearing God? Is what I'm going to say going to be good enough? Is it going to expose that maybe I don't know God as well as I think I do? So we hold on to these things, and then we just go like, ah, I'm not even going to hear if God really is speaking to me. And see, dying to self is actually taking those things and saying, you know what? Kevin put out for a thing like God is speaking. So this morning, this feeling of, But it's actually like, Lord, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking this thing off. Because it's not worth holding on to that. See, dying to self is not this, oh, woe is me. I'm going to go serve in kids' church because I'm dying to myself. No, dying to ourselves is actually saying, do you know what, this body, these feelings, these emotions... Man, they are second to God every single time. And I want to show us in Scripture where God actually comes and confirms this. He says this, Hebrews 6, verse 7 to 11, 17 to 20. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature, the unchanging nature, His nature, of His purpose very clear to the heirs, that's me and you, all of us, of what was promised, salvation, eternal life, okay, just remember that, he confirmed it with an oath, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged, Okay, so I just want to explain to us what that means. It speaks here of those who have fled. It's the, at least for me, and I know for some of you here, it's where we've come to God and we said, like, God, I cannot do this on my own. God, I cannot save me. 
I cannot save myself. I cannot pay the price. God, I'm running to you. I'm fleeing to you. You're my strong tower. God, I'm running to you. You're my savior. I'm running to you, God. It's those who have fled to him. And then it speaks of the hope that he set before us. It says, we who have fled to take hold of the hope. The hope is that this is not the end. That this is not it. No, no, the it is actually heaven. The it is being with God in His presence, in eternity, being with Him. That's the hope that is set before us, that we are not left on our own. No, that He has come to save us. He's made a place for us. He's made a space for us with Him, that He looks at us as His children. We have fled to Him, this hope that is set before us. The hope that is set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So what do we see here? We see the picture of sacrifice Again, being spoken of. So we had the temple. You had the, the outer courts, the inner courts, the most holy place. And only the high priest would come into the most holy place where the presence of God resided. And you would have heard me speak about this a number of times, but I'm going to just for all of us, like the priest would wear a robe, thick robe. And on this robe, there would be bells at the bottom of this robe. That as he would walk, just kling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, like that, like your cat. And around, his, around him, would, there would be a rope. And so this rope was there for the purpose that as he goes kling a ling a ling into the most holy place, that if they don't hear kling a ling a ling anymore, they would pull him out from the holy place. Because the presence of God is holy. And sin cannot be there. So what would happen to the high priest is if he didn't prepare himself in the right way, he would come into the presence of God where the ark is and the fire between the cherubims are burning, which is the, the, the presence, the Holy Spirit of God. And where that place, in that place, in the holy place, if he wasn't right with God, he would just go, dead. He would put the offerings to the, to the, to the um, altar and he would die if he wasn't right with God. And so Jesus, having been the perfect one, and speaks here of actually Jesus was the one that went into the presence of God, offered himself up as the sacrifice. And that sacrifice, it paid it for everyone. And so no longer will there be a priest that goes in and out. No, 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 no. God has now made us a royal priesthood. Me, I'm a priest. You, you're a priest. Because of what Jesus has done. Amen? 
And so let's go on. Hebrews 10, verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter. Hear that? Boldly enter. Because in that, the boldly enter is not just a thing of, oh man, I've got God on my side, so I'm okay. You know, you see sometimes on, on YouTube, some of the preachers and guys, like, they come like with a swagger, and it's like all just like, whoa, cool, cool is me. Like, I've got God on my side. No, no, no. It's not that you're cool or that you've got God on your side. No, it's the fact that as you come into the presence of God, you're not going to die. You're not going to die when you come into the presence of God. And so now where these priests, with the high priest, I mean, can you imagine? The, they, they speak about the, um, the curtain in the holy of holy places. It was this thick, heavy curtain. I mean, I think, I'm, I'm not ex- sure about the exact measurements. But as far as I can remember, it would be way higher than this roof. That would be the curtain. So you can just think of the sheer magnitude of what that curtain looked like. And so these guys would possibly even have a thing that pulls the curtain away. And they go like, hey, I don't want to be caught in when this curtain is opening up and I'm standing there. Because I know what's going to happen. Bam. And so they were afraid. They were afraid of the presence of God. Like the people of God say to Moses, no, 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 no. Sorry, I need to stop saying that. My wife spoke to me. <laughs> it's an Afrikaans thing. It's not a negative thing, okay. For an Afrikaans, you say, nee, 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 man, nee. like it's not, that's actually what it means. Okay, like I was saying. So, <laughs> so, the, where was I going? <laughs> Israel said to Moses, No, Moses, we're not going to go up into the mountain. You go there. Like we can see God, and man, He is. Whew. He is real, man. And so rather you face Him, Moses, like you, you, we're happy for you to be the man of God. And so the people had an understanding and the people had a reverent fear of going like God is real. And in his presence, there's no sin. There's no darkness. So I don't want to be close to that. When now Hebrews, the author says to us, hey guys, and for real this time he says, no, no, no. You need to go into the presence. Yes, yes, yes. Boldly, because of what Jesus has done, he's dealt with that price. And actually, the presence of God is now saying, it's inviting everyone in. There's no longer a need for the, the, the rope around the waist. No, it's come in. And so, dear brothers, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Hey, Heaven's most holy place. We can boldly enter in in heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. It goes on. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. 
And since we have a great priest, and speaking of Jesus, who, have rule, who rules over God's house, you would hear us say Jesus is the head of the church. He rules over his house. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways, and how beautiful is this? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, it's dying to live. It's no longer this thing of like, oh, woe is me. No, it's actually, wow, this is who God is. So therefore, I don't need to hold on to these things. Anything that holds me back from His presence, everything that makes me feel unworthy of His presence, everything that's trying to keep saying to me, you're not good enough, you don't have enough, you didn't, like all those things. God, I want to kill those things in me. I want to let those things die so that I might live, so that I might enter in boldly into His presence. Because it's in his presence where I find life. It's in his presence where, where what's inside here and what he wants to come and do actually finds a place to grow in me. How amazing is that? And so for us as a people, I want to encourage us this morning. Man, Get those jackets and those jerseys and those things that's holding you back. Shift your mind about them. They're not keeping you warm. They're not keeping you dry. They're actually keeping you in right the right place or right the wrong place where you shouldn't be and where you don't need to go. Let's close our eyes.